Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. But uh, this morning I want to talk about purpose-driven life. Really, this element of it this morning I want to talk about purpose-driven community. Do you realize this just doesn't happen? Do you realize there's a purpose to why we come here? There's a purpose to how this takes place. Uh, There's organization behind it. It is purposely put on so that when we walk through the doors, we can enter into the throne room and someone can encounter Jesus. It just doesn't happen. It happens because someone purposes in their heart. And this is what I believe in life is that, you know, as a church, the way we influence our world isn't by happenstance. It's actually out of purpose. It is out of a desire to fulfill the will of God for our life. And so this morning I want to touch on community. Is that if you look through the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, the guys that are waiting up in the upper room, God pours out over them. What happens? They're filled with the Spirit. They overflow onto the streets. They start declaring the Word of God. And then what happens? People are added to the church daily. To the church daily. I I love hearing testimonies daily of people coming to receive Jesus. I love hearing those testimonies. I love seeing the transformation take place in people's lives as they enter in to the community, that community called church. But as we look through the book of Acts in Acts chapter 2, and I would encourage you to start to read through the book of Acts. Read through the book of Acts chapter 2. But as we, I want to take a bit of a scripture here today. In Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 46... And it talks about Christians, it talks about the apostles, and it says this, So continuing daily in one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And all the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I read through that scripture and it talks about community. It says there, in the early church, what they did together. They actually just did life together. It says there, in one accord in the temple. In other words, they met together in one accord. Right now, we meet together in one accord. We have one accord, and that accord is to lift the name of Jesus. That accord is to believe for those around us. That accord is to come together and have community. We come in one accord. The other thing that I find in this scripture is that they went house to house. Back in the day, they went house to house and they broke bread. Today, in the modern world, you know, every now and then we go house to house, but most of the time we go cafe to cafe. It's like a cafe crawl. But something takes place when you break bread with someone. And we find the other thing is, is that they had simplicity of heart. In other words, purity of heart. Is that they had a desire to please God. They had a desire for connection. They had a desire that God's spirit would move. There was a simplicity of heart. Friend, today, this is the power of community. This is the power of community. In John 13, 34 to 35, and it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, 
All will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. There's a lot of love there. Love for one another. There's a key right there. If we want to change our world, then we need community. We need to be able to, to relate to everyone. We need to be able to have relationship with God vertically and relationship with others horizontally. That's what we need to be able to do. But also, too, we need to be able to come back and break the bread. You know, Mother Teresa said this. She said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. We could solve all of life's issues if we just went home and loved our families. How many lives would be changed right now if a father came home and just loved upon his wife in front of his kids? How many lives right there would be changed? How many lives would be changed if a husband came home and his wife desired him to come home and loved upon him in that moment in front of all her kids? How many young lives would see that and see the, the picture of a healthy marriage, a healthy life? How much would that change the world in which we live? Because, friend, today there are a lot of people out there, they don't see healthy relationships. There are a lot of young ones growing up right now in dysfunction and don't know what a healthy relationship looks like. How much more would the world be whole if we just take hold of what Mother Teresa had just said there? If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. You know, there's something that takes place and it says in the scripture that they went around home to home breaking the bread. There's something that takes place around the dinner table. Have you noticed that? You know, I live at home, which is a good thing. I love my wife. And my kids love being there. But the thing that I love is that around the dinner table, we don't have dinner separately, we have dinner together. And I'll tell you, friend, it's a glorious mess. It's a glorious mess at times. And especially after I've just cleaned the floor and we decide to have rice. Because I love clean floors, but I'll tell you what, I'm like, why is it every time I clean the floor, we have rice? I'm twitching. I am twitching. But there's something that takes place around the dinner table. Who knows that when you come to the dinner table and you sit around, there's always someone missing. Why is that? You're hungry, you want to be fed, and I'll tell you what, my wife is an unbelievable cook. She is. She will, if she has the chance and time, she'll make it from scratch. None of this pre-buying stuff. It's like, I'm going to make bread, I'm going to make it from scratch. It's, oh, unbelievable. Anyway, <laughs> but these moments... And, and I don't know, after 14 years, I think she would have realized this by now. Well, actually, really, it's, yeah, 14 years, like, Maya's been in life 14 years. And she always asks me, and she plans out the, media, uh, out the food during the week, what we're going to have every dinner. And she goes, what would you like? And my answer is always this, whatever the kids are going to eat best. 
Because let's face it, when you, once, when you get six people around the table, there's always different opinions. Like, honestly, like, I, I love seeing Maya's face as she's growing up, she's being politically correct. It's like, yes, this is nice. Mm. You've got Judah who just like, meatballs, this is awesome, and devours it within five seconds. And then my younger son, Jess, he's just like, don't like this, don't want this. Like, honestly, what is wrong with kids sometimes? But there's these moments, there's this time, but, but the thing that I love about the dinner table is this, is it builds memories. It builds community. It builds relationship. There's this time of bonding. There's this time of fellowship. There's this time of actually getting to know each and every one of us. You know, friend, today, if you don't spend time around the dinner table with your family, I want to encourage you, do that. Do that as much as you can. You know, it's a glorious mess, but, but it's a time where foundations are built in families. You know, when it comes to breaking bread for community and having people around, it's a place where relationships built. It's a place where transparency is had. It's a place where transformation takes place. It's a place of joy. You know, friend, today, this is what I want to say, is that around the dinner table, in community, a purpose-driven community, relationship is built. Relationship is built. You know, society's economy is all about money, God's economy is about relationship. It's about relationship. Ephesians 4, 2 to 3, it says, Always be humble and gentle. Patiently put up with each other. Someone needs to hear that this morning. Patiently put up with each other. And love each other. Try your best to let God's Spirit keep your hearts united. Do this by living in peace. Do this by living in peace. In other words, we are called to keep God's spirit in our heart so that we can keep united. Right. The other thing is, you know, you can have a different opinion to someone else. That's okay, but you can still be united. Right. You know, at the table, you, you put down what you're doing. You put away the things that take your focus of relation, you put it all down, and from across the table is you have relationship. It's a place where you can talk and you can share about your day. It's a place where you can listen and learn. Like honestly, when, when I sit down with my kids, it's, it's a time where I can just listen and learn. I can learn about their day. I can learn about where they're up to. When I sit down and I actually sit down with anyone in our congregation or anyone that I know, my friends, it's a time where I can sit down and I can share my experiences with them. I can share my revelation of what God is doing in my life. And they can share their revelation. I can learn from their experiences. You know, friend, if you can learn from someone else, it can help you in life. My motto is this, is learn from someone else's mistakes. Why? Because then I don't have to go through it. Community, the table is a time where you can learn those things. It's about relationship. It's about leaning in to those around you. It's a time where relationships are forged. Friend, relationships don't happen. They are forged in this time. 
when you sit around a table. They are forged in this time. This is why, you know, cafe is just as important after church than the service itself. Why? Because relationships are forged. Life groups. And next year in uh, 21, you know, we're going to have a whole heap of life groups start up. But it's a time where you can connect and build relationships and, and it's forged. It's purposeful. It's just not happenstance. You know, you're not going to find friends. You make friends. You make friends. The second thing that I find, it's a place of transparency about being real. When you sit down and eat with someone, you can see and hear their heart. It's something about getting someone's heart. I I love hearing the hearts of individuals, the dreams, the passions, the purposes, the the things that God has put inside of them. There's something about it. You see the real deal. Ephesians 4.25 says this. It says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. We are members of one another. You know what I find? Is that sometimes when you come to a table, is that you bring baggage with you. Who knows, not everyone has their life together. Or maybe that's just my life. There's always some sort of baggage you bring in. And when you sit down, what do you do? You you put it down. You put it down. The other thing that I find is this, is that when I call my kids to the table, and because Jesse's around six, all my kids have done it as they've grown up, they come in their dress-up costumes. And every now and then, one will turn up with a mask on. I love this one. You've got to hear it through. You know, it just doesn't stop, does it? But when you sit at the table, it's a time where you actually just have to take your mask off. Lower the mask and let's get down to business. Couldn't even plan that one. But it's a time where masks come down. It's a time where you can put it away. It's a time where you can just pour out your heart. You know, naturally, it never works when you wear a mask. Why? Because you just can't feed yourself. Spiritually, the same thing is the mask needs to come down in order to be fed spiritually. Friends, in this time of breaking bread, it's a time where we can just let things down. It's a time where you can just open your heart You know, in order to partake from the table, the masks need to come down. Friend, what masks need to come down? What's holding you back from sitting around the table with someone? You know, God can't bless someone you're pretending to be. You want to be blessed? You want to have blessings poured out all over you? Well, then you need to put the mask down. The thing that I find is when you put the mask down, you can be fed as well. It's a place of transparency, but also, too, the table is a place of nourishment. It's a place where you can be nourished. You know, naturally and spiritually, Proverbs 
16.24 puts it this way, pleasant words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Friend, all of us need a word of encouragement. All of us at some stage in our life need a word from God. We need others to champion us. Sometimes we need to take the time to sit down and have the conversations to be able to let someone speak into our life. What I find is that we all need spirit-filled words. You know, words of encouragement, words of affirmation, words of life. Around the table is a time of that. When I sit around the table with people, it's an opportunity for me to encourage people. When I sit around the table with my family, it's an opportunity for me to encourage my kids, be interested in their day, affirm their life. It's a time where you can just break the bread. You know, it brings transformation to a hardened heart. That's what nourishment does. How many times do you sit around the table with someone and walk away full? How many times? How many times? Emotionally, physically, spiritually. How many times? You know, friend, today I want to encourage you. Are you someone that when you sit around the table with someone that they walk away encouraged? They walk away fulfilled. They walk away like they're going to take the world. In turn, when you walk away, who are the people that you break bread with? Who are, you, who are the people that you sit around the table with? Do they propel you into your future? Do they declare life over you? Do they declare life over your family, over your dreams, over your purposes? This is what we're called to do. As Christians, when we sit around the table, we break bread. We encourage those around us. We speak life into those around us. I remember growing up as a young kid, and for us, it's a little different in our family, but we sit with our kids every night and they read the Bible separately and with mum or dad or whatever we do. But I remember growing up as a kid and we would sit around the table in the younger years is that we would always have a Bible, a one-year Bible. And we would literally break the bread physically and spiritually. When you are in life group, when you're in the cafe, when you're there, the purpose, it should always have a purpose. God wants us to have the purpose of breaking the bread naturally, but also too, breaking the bread spiritually, opening the word of God. Friend, today, we're called to have a purpose-driven life. We're not called to just be a social club. The last thing God wants is the living church being a social club. Being happy clappers with no power and no word. Friend, that's why I say the cafe is just as more important as in here. Life groups breaking the bread. Building relationships is what we need. It brings nourishment to our soul. In community, we feed ourselves spiritually and naturally. Billy Graham made this statement. He said, "Never, we, never, uh, we need to encourage new believers to feed on God's word. It's nourishment to their souls. Yeah. 
they broke bread daily and the church grew. New Christians broke bread daily and they were fed. Friend, today when you make a decision for Christ, when you decide to follow Christ, it's not just a decision. It's a lifelong commitment. And in that commitment, you join with the church, you join with the community of believers here and walk it out. We were not designed to do life alone. Never designed to do life alone. My last point, last point is this, is what I find in that scripture. Is that in community, it's a place where we find joy. We find joy, we find salvation, we find God. We find our purpose. We find out who he is. In community, we share the ups and the downs, but it's a place where joy is found. It's a place where joy is found. Ecclesiastes 9, 7, it says, Be happy and enjoy eating and drinking. Right there. Be happy and enjoy eating and drinking. In other words, he was happy with COVID. God decided long ago that this is what every, or this is what you should do. In other words, this is what we should do. You know, joy is deeper than happiness. You know, when we think of joy, everyone automatically thinks, well, you know what, they're going to be smiling all the time. Well, you know, they're just going to, life is just good all the time. You know, happiness is the fruit of a prosperous conditions. That's what happiness is. Joy is independent of circumstance. It dwells in the heart. It dwells in the heart. No matter what circumstance you're going through, a joy is something that... I've noticed with life is this, is that I've always got something that is awesome. Anyone notice that? But then I've always got something going on that really sucks. Is anyone else like that? Like, honestly, if you didn't put your hand up there, you're lying. And we need to go back to transparency right here. <laughs> but there's always these two places. And it's just this healthy, but if you've got joy, it's like, you know what, that's okay. I love Hazel. Who loves Hazel here? Come on, she's the one that pulls this together. And Hazel is awesome. Hey, Will. You married a good one there. During this COVID period, she took it on to be the COVID warden. And, you know, dealing with government policy isn't that good. Let's just face it. They love to write a lot of words, and they love to put it all together, and then they don't really think about the application of it all. And then you've got to translate it all and then just do it. It's like interpretive dancing, I suppose. (laughs) You're just trying to work out what was that. Anyway, but it it works. But over this time, she's had to do this, and I I love her because she goes task mode. And I get told all the time that I need to smile more, and I do. But she gets into task mode, and it's like the task, the task. And and during this time, I've just been going, hey, smile. 
come on, smile. And she's like, I'm smiling on the inside. <laughs> and then I'm like, hey, you're smiling on the inside. Yes, I am. <laughs> so during this time, you know, you have this banter and, and a lot of people, you know, do this with her. But she sent me this meme after I was just stirring her last week. And I'll show you this meme. It's, it's awesome. It's like when you've got the joy, 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 joy down in your heart, but no one believes you because your face looks like this. <laughs> Isn't that true? Sometimes you can be walking around like that, and you are joyful, but on the outside, everyone's like, okay, are they joyful? But you are. Because let's face it, sometimes, you know, life is up here, and, like, and you've got to manage the two, and... I thank God that it's not about my conditions that I live in, but it's about who he is that brings joy. And then we can start to sing our old Sunday school song called, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Oh, you don't even do it, Dan. Where? Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so... Okay. And that's why we all graduated from Sunday school. But you've got these moments, the joy. The joy. Happiness laughs when the sun is shining, but grows sad when the clouds gather. Joy sings on in all weather and in all experiences. Nehemiah 8. Verse 10 says, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, friend, if we're going to get through life, the joy of the Lord needs to be our strength. His salvation, His joy, His purpose needs to be our foundation. And if we're going to have purpose-driven community, is that we need to understand that, you know, in one accord we meet together, we lift up the name of Jesus. We see God come through. We see Him move. But then also, too, outside of that, we need to break the bread. Friend, today I want to encourage you, if you haven't broken bread with someone outside of this day, outside of this, go and do it. Make it purposeful. You know, the cafe is open now. But if you sit down at a table to partake, please make sure you sign in. Because then you can sit in your social bubble. Because when you come in here, you sit in your household bubble and you need to sign in separately. Government policy. Thank you, Hazel. the world coming to but friend today honestly I believe God's going to move transformation is going to come and he's going to use you and I to bring that transformation as we step out and build community spirit filled community where the Holy Spirit is present around tables in our homes in our cafes is that as we sit there people will be stirred by the spirit people will be encouraged 
It'll be a time of transparency. It'll be a time of fulfillment. It'll be a time of transformation. It'll be a time of nourishment. It'll be a, a time where life and hope are spoken. But then at the same time, the joy of God will erupt. And as that joy is erupted, people will be added to the church daily. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.